broadcasting under the night sky from the edge of an undisclosed jungle on the Gulf of Mexico. I'm Christopher Garitano, your voice in the night. For the next hour, allow me to be your guide into the bizarre unknown, the fantastic macabre, and together we'll journey to that borderland between fiction and reality, a place beyond all rational explanation. We are now off to the witch. Speaking from the roof of Broadcasting Building, I'm speaking from the roof of Broadcasting Building, New York City. The bells you hear are ringing to warn the people to evacuate the city as Martians approach. Estimated in the last two hours, three million people have moved out along the roads to the north. Hutchison River Parkway is still kept open for motor traffic bridges to Long Island, hopelessly jammed. All communication with Jersey Shore closed ten minutes ago. No more defenses. Our army is wiped out. Artillery, Air Force, everything wiped out. This may be the last broadcast. We'll stay here to the end. That was from the classic 1938 Halloween Eve broadcast of War of the Worlds. The mighty Orson Welles and his Mercury Theater performed it live on the radio. Welles, the sly genius prankster, understood that its duality would work both as a fantastic radio play as well as the greatest Halloween trick. But the effect to those not privy to the H.G. Wells' Alien Invasion novel assumed it was an authentic extraterrestrial assault on planet Earth. The reaction to the broadcast sent a shudder through various minds and communities that we were in a state of trouble that could only be dreamt of in folklore and fiction. Tonight's conversation is with a guest that believes in the supernatural, but also believes that perhaps we're under the spell of the most elaborate hoax ever played on the human race. We'll discuss this topic after a commercial break. After these messages, we'll be right back. You are listening to the Off to the Witch podcast, where we explore that bizarre borderline between fiction and reality and all subjects arcane. Journey over to my YouTube channel and subscribe now at youtube.com slash at off to the witch for a variety of extras and special features, including the off to the witch mini docs with further insights on many of the latest episodes, as well as previews and behind the scenes of my forthcoming investigative series off to the witch presents, as well as the anniversary edition of my motion picture documentary Montauk Chronicles and follow us on social media. All links are available at linktree.com slash garitano7, G-A-R-E-T-A-N-O-7. And stay tuned for more Off to the Witch. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. This could be the beginning of the end for the human race. For what men first thought were meteors or the often ridiculed flying saucers are in reality the flaming vanguard of the invasion from Mars. Looks like they're going to come out of that gully pretty soon. We'll have to rush our defenses to be ready when they do. The guards need plenty of reinforcements. We'll get them. Lieutenant! Look! They slash across country like scythes, wiping out everything that's trying to get away from them. That explains why communication is cut the moment their machines begin moving. Montreal's blacked out. Nothing more has come through. Same thing that happened on the Pacific Coast. Anything from them yet? No, Mr. Secretary. We've had nothing from San Francisco for over five hours. The nations of the world mobilize their armed might, rushing to defend the Earth against the unknown weapon of the super race from the Red Planet. Is there nothing that can stop the Martian death machines? Guns, tanks, bombs. They're like toys against them. Welcome back to Off to the Witch. I'm your host, Christopher Garitano, and tonight's guest, Tiffany Mack, has not only interviewed hundreds of alleged eyewitnesses to paranormal phenomena, but also claims to have experienced elaborate visitations herself. You can learn more about Tiffany's personal experiences in episode number four. Tonight, we discuss the borderline between credibility and hoax, between fiction and reality, and what is happening in these very strange days. So here's my interview with Tiffany Mack. So my name is Tiffany Mack and um, I have, um, I'm 45 years old and I have had many experiences throughout my life that would be considered what um, us weird folk called supernatural experiences or um, even potentially um, experiences with extraterrestrial intelligence and even some UFO sightings. Um, most of my experiences, uh, didn't start until I was pregnant. I did have some experiences as a a child that would be considered maybe more spiritual or, um, related to what we consider to be ghosts. Um, and and you can look at at some of my uh, podcasting from the past. I've I've been sort of out of commission for about two years, but there is um, there have been a few shows that I've done concerning um, some of these experiences in more depth than probably what we need to go to today. So, um, but I will explain a little bit. So one of the first experiences that I had was when I was probably five or six years old. Um, and, you know, I've discussed this a few times before, but um, um, well, I have a very large family. I have a lot of women in my family. Um, we have very uh, close-knit women and um, and us being uh, more of a religious nature we have a sense of of a 
I guess I don't want to say we're closer to God because of our religion, but I do feel like when you have that faith in the supernatural, when you have that faith in um, an eternal being or a creator, it it does allow your mind to accept things that you may not um, you may not want to share with your neighbor. You know, there's, there's certain things that happen in your life that are uh, very disconcerting. And so you keep them private. Um, so a lot of times throughout my life, the women in my family, my mom, my aunts, my grandmother, my cousins, um, I would have to look up the list, but I think I have something like, um, 50 first cousins and, um, I think there's 37 on my mom's side alone, and most of them were girls. And we all tended to have the same sort of, um, I, I want to say that we have sort of a sight. Um, we listen to our instincts. We listen to that that little voice in the back of the head that says, um, you probably shouldn't do this today. Something's going to happen. We always listen to it. Very rarely have we ever been like, eh, I'm going to totally ignore that little, little sound and that little voice in the back of my head. Because everybody that has in the family um, has had a very big um, problem, you know, whether it was and had an accident or, um, you know, there's, there's been a lot of things. Um, one of the things I, I will give you an example of what I'm talking about when it comes to the, the spiritual nature of our family. And I do want to say that the spiritual nature would encompass telepathy and, um, um, having sort of this open mind and a connection within the girls in our family. So there was an example of one time my my aunt and my cousins were living in Tennessee and um, all of the women in our family woke up one morning and we were all smelling smoke. And we, I went down to my mom and I said, mom, you know, there's, there's something smoky in my room. I can't figure out what it is. And then we walked around the house and we could smell smoke everywhere. So of course we get, you know, the fire department and electricians and, you know, to come out and check it out. Well, for three days, we all smell smoke. Um, my aunt smelled smoke in their houses. My cousin smelled smoke in their houses. And um, on the third day, and they all communicated. Everybody was talking about this because it was so bizarre. Um, but on the third day, my aunt's house in Tennessee burned to the ground. <clears throat> so after that, we stopped smelling smoke. Um, the entire family stopped smelling smoke. So it's not like we lived next door to this aunt and her house burned down and we smelt it smoldering. This was something, this was a different kind of, it was like a warning. There's, there's something that was giving us a heads up, something bad's going to happen. It has to do with smoke. Figure it out. And I feel like we had three days to figure it out. Of course, how are you going to figure that out? So um, the that experience alone um, really created a an interest in the paranormal for me. Um, it didn't, I, I didn't really do anything with it. I just listened and had this um, relationship with that inner voice and understood maybe my senses are a little different than everybody else's. Or 
you know, when, when I talk about children, a lot of times I feel like they are, they're not filtered, um, psychically, like, like we end up doing to them over time. Like we, we tell them things, um, oh, there's nothing in the, the closet that you're scared of. There's nothing in there. There's no monsters, but essentially there may be something. So when we tell them over and over and over and over and over, we just instill that there's nothing going on. I think eventually we just start to ignore all of those signs that are probably meant to help um, alert us and build a consciousness uh, with the world around us. So, okay. And that's that pertains to a lot of the questions and discussions I'd like to have today with you is that for so long, because uh, we're around the same age, when we were growing up and previous generations were growing up, especially from the 20th century on, people were mainly taught that psychic experiences, experiences in the supernatural uh, were isolated to fiction or fable or very sparse eyewitness accounts, a lot of which were credible. You know, you heard stories from presidents and Air Force pilots and people that, uh, even astrophysicists, that all kind of claimed very similar things to what we're all discussing today and what our interests were when we were children. However, we're at a place right now in the world, currently, right this second, where it's almost encouraged to think of the most elaborate, outrageous, fictitious, synonymous, you know, synonymous with fiction thing and call it real. Just last week, there was a report in the news, I know you heard it, that there were 10-foot aliens walking around the mall in Miami. Normally, some years ago, people would have just been like, not a chance, and no news stations would have ever reported this, no matter how many people said it, right? But now... It's commonplace and it's of the zeitgeist. And I keep, I mean, in the last year, less than the last year, I've heard what seem to be sound-minded grown men and women telling me stories of werewolves and monsters and, you know, goat creatures and all kinds of things that are out there that were isolated to fable and fiction growing up. Now, I'm not saying they're lying. I'm just saying there's something odd collectively that I'm noticing and I'm, I'm not sure. And I just, today's about opinions. What do you think exactly is happening of the time right now that's allowing everyone to feel comfortable telling these stories or that they're seeing these things? Well, uh, okay. So now you're going down a, a new path of interest for me. Um, <clears throat> I... Over the past few years, since I've been married to Brent Sipley, you know, he's a, a a professional aviator. He's been a pilot his whole life, and he works for a fantastic company. He's got a great career. Um, but his interest has always been Bigfoot. So throughout the past five years, I've been to a lot of Bigfoot events, um, Bigfoot conferences, expeditions, um, along with other cryptid events. And, uh, of course those that bring in the dog man, they bring in not just Bigfoot, um, there's skinwalkers and Wendigos. And of course you go down this long, dark path of, of, um, mythology and 
in strange stories that have been going around for a thousand years. You know, um, one of the things that I saw recently, and this is uh, something that you and I discussed momentarily, but I'd like to sort of reiterate the fact that it's not just uh, UAPs and UFOs and aliens right now. There are a lot more people citing strange things that have been you know, only in, in, in horror books that you, you know, like you said, but, um, if you look at, there's, there's quite a few maps. Um, one of them is the North American Dogman project. And it talks about, there's like a map of, of different encounters and sightings throughout the country. So if you look at it, it's almost unbelievable because it, it, it looks like the entire Midwest, all the way up the East Coast, into Southern Canada, and then all around um, the the West Coast in, into California. Um, but it these these sightings are from the past you know ten years or so. Um, and what it says to me is that people are waking up; they're not being um, blinded by. Um, Everyone's saying, oh, you're crazy. Now people are coming forward and saying, no, I've seen something. There's there's more and more, uh, I wouldn't say physical evidence, but there are more videos of these creatures. And, um, and when it comes down to um, sightings, when people start uh, entering in where they saw these, these creatures and and start realizing that there's um, very large numbers of sightings in those regions. It makes you wonder what the hell is out there that they could be seeing that would be described as a dogman. A dogman is considered to look like what we call a werewolf or even a in a um a mix between some kind of large canid and a Bigfoot. There's there's nothing on this green earth that I have seen that I could misidentify as a dogman or a Sasquatch. I really I really think that they're very distinctive and I don't think that people could misidentify anything like that for a coyote or, you know, a bear. But so when you talk about uh, a lot of the alien visitations and um, the the most recent videos with the aliens at the mall, I tried to look at those videos. I still have seen nothing that looks like an alien, you know, in, in my book. Um, I think that a lot of these things are being put out there to confuse the public and just cause a lot of hysteria more than anything else. Um, uh, and I, I just feel that we, as a people, are, we've been waiting for um, validation that these UFOs are real. And we got that in 2017, 2018, 2019, and on. We, we keep getting bombarded with little stories. But not only that, we keep getting bombarded with uh, videos from pilots, like my husband has taken, I would say, dozens of videos of UAPs while he's flying in the air. And it's it's things that he's seen for 
37 years in the air when when pilots are just now starting to identify that there's something really weird going on and that these craft or, or lights are making very strange maneuvers that are not normal for our aircraft. That's when you have to start wondering what the hell is really going on. So either A, the government is completely involved and is trying to psych us out and get us fearful and get us in a place where we we're dependent upon them for the knowledge so that, that we can save ourselves or or the government just can't control what's going on so what is what is the what is the intent and who is behind it i don't know if we'll ever know See, that's the thing. It's so enigmatic because in 1938, as you know, Orson Welles did a radio broadcast as a Halloween prank, War of the Worlds. It was H.G. Wells's War of the Worlds. And allegedly, there were a lot of people that went crazy and, you know, armed themselves because they thought the alien invasion was happening. Yeah, people so, are doing that now. Correct. That's the thing. And that was predicted as something called Project Bluebeam, right? Where a lot of people's misconception is that it would just be holograms in the sky. But what I think it is, is that an effect on the consciousness, you know, blue beam is, is an effect on the consciousness and it's working. So news reports coupled with credible reports, like your husband had witnessed himself and many other credible pilots and military personnel and astrophysicists throughout modern history have seen these things and regular people, right? You know, everyday citizens like you and I have seen these things, okay? we You saw something anomalous, but now you have these other very sharp-eyed, credible people like your husband have witnessed these things and, you, and we should listen. Well, That's yeah. mixed I mean, with you... the crazy stuff happening at the Miami Mall. <laughs> right. Well, and, and the thing is, you know, you've got to understand the importance of um, a strong witness. Um, you know, when, when you have people on crack reporting that they're seeing, um, crazy things, you're less likely time to, to believe them. Okay. <laughs> no, it's time to listen. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, you do have to take the, the reporter or the, yeah, the reporter into account, the person who is reporting the event. Um, and you know, I've done, I don't know, um, uh, a couple hundred, 300 interviews over the past, since 2015. Um, and I would say that 80% of them, maybe a little bit more, really did believe what they saw um, and and really were completely convinced. There were some that I interviewed that I would be like, oh my God, I, I don't know if I can get through this because... I don't believe a word that is coming out of their mouth. And and some of those interviews ended up getting, you know, trashed uh, probably for the best. But um, it, it's becoming extremely apparent that people are looking up. People are looking around. They're they're getting nervous because we don't know exactly what's going to happen. Um, but they're getting more and more, um, they're getting, they're, they're losing their faith in a government that, that has been pulling the wool over our eyes for so long. Um, 
so what do you do? How, who do you listen to? Do you listen to uh, the the people that have been coming forward who said that they were in the mall and just go with, oh, it was like a seven foot dark being. Okay, well, why did they have 70 cops pull up? Do they think that they're going to be able to take this one being down? What's the whole intent? So situations like that really bug me because I just don't think that anything really happened that was supernatural. Right. And th- and there have been some odd things. I, I, I mean, you know, we're talking in the millions of people of interest watching, for instance, that woman, uh, what was her name? Tiffany Gomas. She was on a flight. She claimed she saw something. She claimed the plane was going to go down, that everyone was going to die, and that something or someone in the back was not real. We all saw that. Listen to her words. Then later she denied it and said, I didn't see anything. But she excluded what happened after, where she pleaded to the police, that plane is going down. And the people interviewing her were not sharp enough to call her on that second verse. And so I can understand the suspicion and the situation. If she said, hey, I had a, a, a manic episode, I hallucinated, I'm sorry, you know, I have issues and I'm working on it. She never said that. She she didn't give any details. And that raises people's suspicions. And that all falls into this because that was so promoted. Mm-hmm. I, I question anything. That was everywhere. Getting, yeah, yeah. Quickly. Anything that's getting millions and millions of views online mm-hmm. and I think those numbers are purposefully increased, so it gets more because more people are like, well, why did 50 million people watch this in three hours? I want to see it. Mm-hmm. And I, that's That doesn't mean the, that it's right. real. Correct. <laughs> right. I think a lot of these things are being shown to us. And if you do believe in something similar to a Project Bluebeam, this is it. Now, my question to you is, do you think that there are supernatural things happening, that there is some kind of rift and there's no longer... Uh, a capability of fully covering it up. So we have to mix in a bunch of bullshit, essentially, to cover this up to say, here are some really outrageous things you're not going to believe. Here's disinformation. Because the people that you're talking about, the government traders or whatever you want to call them that are out there, and trust me, they're out there. I mean, you know, look at what's happening in our world just the last three years alone. It's been insane. So whoever's doing this and whatever group is doing this, is aware that we might be on to something, some kind of truth to piece it together. So they want to divide you. They want to throw in disinformation. What do you think really is happening with all that? And are a lot of these stories credible? Because I think you do believe they are. Because it's weird. It's like some people are saying, well, it's so outrageous that the aliens are at the Miami Mall. However, I believe that extraterrestrials and advanced craft have been circling us for a very long time. I believe that there are creatures that are unknown to us fully. We haven't discovered them. We haven't been able to analyze them out in the wilderness, out in the oceans. Um, so if you believe in that, then it's just the same to believe that maybe there were aliens no, at the Miami it's, Mall. No, it's really not. Okay, so explain why. I, I, This is my personal feeling. I believe that they have been hiding in the, the dark recesses for a reason, you know everything that we do if we if we can't if we can't control it we try to kill it um and when it comes to the government the military you know i i i worked with 
um, the military for a few years and uh, worked on two different bases. And I will tell you, they will not discuss things that they're not allowed to discuss. So if, if you're told this didn't happen today, if you say it happened later, you could be brought up on charges. So the people that are that are coming forward and they're saying that they're from the government or, you know, you've got to be very careful with your source. Um, I have, I still have, you know, people that I know that are active duty and I have met people within Space Force and believe you me, they will not say a damn word about the job and they will not uh, offer up pieces of advice on this. So the people that have received this information it it's it's very hard for me to um to believe everything that they say because there's got to be there's got to be a reason for them to come forward and say this and this is not for the good of all people it, it's a i think there's it's part of an agenda um you know we we did have the ufo hearings um and they really didn't tell us a whole lot. They just give us bits and pieces um, to to lead us on. And yes, I do believe that there are extraterrestrials um, that visit. They may be living among us. They might be living under our oceans. Um, but that I really don't think that they're going to come forward. I don't think they're stupid enough to be caught on video uh, and in I think this is just um, distraction for what's coming. You know, we've had a, a few bad years when it comes to, um, you know, politics. Um, and I, I think they're using it as a distraction to keep us from focusing on bettering our country and bettering our communities. Um, so it's it's. It's been tough and it's sort of sobering, you know, um, because I have been invested in this this field for so long and I do want to see the information come forward. I would love to have that validation um, saying, you know, for the past 400 hours of my podcasting on UFOs, aliens, supernatural, ghosts, all the paranormal. I, I would love to have that validation and and have someone say or, or just have myself be able to go, oh my God, I have 400 hours of of people telling me about their their mysterious adventures and and I can put that out there as as almost truth. If I can, if I could share that and know that these people have honestly had these experience, that would be wonderful. But you know, that's that's what we do as as um, uh, interviewers. We we listen for the pieces of advice or pieces of information that really, really do uh, resonate with with our truth center. So um, I, I think. I think a lot of it is disinformation um, and that is what that's what's been giving me a hard time over the past few years. So again, so there's this deluge of stories and a lot of them most likely are disinformation, but there is a supernatural world and 
So how do you combat, let's say, the powers that be, the corrupt ones, that are trying to distract everybody from their corruption, their misdeeds, everything they're trying to do to control the population and, and, and put us in a place where we're weak and stupid. I believe that's happening. I've observed long enough to understand that's what they're doing. And it's from an old playbook, so it's nothing new if people read enough. But so many of the things that are out there, I mean, even like certain celebrities, breeding, I think anything being held up in front of masses in the limelight, question it, don't follow it, don't absorb it, be careful because they're doing this stuff on purpose. They're in control of those algorithms, by the way. So they're allowing these things to be seen and absorbed in mass amounts. And then I look at this stuff, even in the world of the paranormal and the bottom of the barrel stuff, I mean, like effortless, no imagination, no credibility. They're being held up at the moment, but I think the pendulum's going to swing in the other direction. And if you can imagine a better world, and what you were just talking about is kind of pull back and regulate. These stories are so fascinating to us, and it allows us to peer into uh, an existence and a reality that we fully don't understand. And it's cheapened and dissipated and watered down by the current effort to distract people because it's mixed in with the supernatural. What was it? Carl Sagan in his last book talked about this time period and it hadn't happened yet when he wrote uh, uh, what was called a demon haunted world, um, science, a light in the darkness. Uh, something like that was the title. But one of the verses in the last uh, chapter of the book was that he predicted this current time. He said that people would be turning to, fable over science. They would be turning to all of these things in abundance uh, as opposed to paying attention to all the hard work that went into deciphering things. And that is probably an effort to confuse people because science is coupled with the supernatural, especially in quantum sciences, especially in analysis. All of these things we need to rely on, it's important because otherwise it's going to go off the rails and, you know, I mean, you can say anything. You could say, I was walking through the woods and I had a fight with a cabbage person to the death. And <laughs> there's going to be people that are going to believe you now. The cabbage people are real and they're out there in the woods. Yeah, I, I, I see where you're going with this. <laughs> and and I agree. Um, you know, not everybody that that listens to these have um, a functioning uh, switch that that allows you to understand what's bullshit and what's not. So um, you could put pretty much anything out there, and nobody nobody can dispute it if it's my truth, you know. <laughs> so I guess that you are you're we're still taking large steps through swamps you know they're we're going slowly we're not getting anywhere fast so when they when they start putting these videos out and it starts getting onto the news i really i'd really it really makes my my bells ring in the back of my head it really does i'm like huh i'm not sure if i believe this and and, and i think that my skepticism comes from a lot of experiences that were in the dark, things that were hidden. This is not something they are not coming out and um, and meeting kids on the playground or, you know, I mean, 
course, I guess I can't say that since there was the the South African uh, UFO landing and all of the kids saw it. So, I, I, okay, I take that back. <laughs> right. Okay. So, all right. So, here, with with a few thing. examples that go against it, how's that? <laughs> right. And and that's the sin, and that's why it becomes such a difficult thing for me because it's it, it's so enigmatic that I'll sit here and hear a story and doubt it but then again I'll uh, it will raise a credible more credible story from exactly. years previous or someone else that I do believe yeah. is telling the truth that they have credibility and they wouldn't lie about something like this because it's only going to hurt them um however I you know as a as a test you know you could go under an assumed name hoax you know, the rise of the cabbage people. And I'm telling you, there'll be a cult of people online that are like, yeah, I believe this. I believe this for real, you know? So you have to be careful. That's why we have to reel it back. And I think um, folks out there that are doing interviews, and I've done a few myself, uh, you know, I'm open to any story that you have, but sometimes very rarely did did I have someone on the show where I'm just like, you're just making it all up, aren't you? You know, like- yeah. And you know, you there there is a, a there's another aspect of it. So people who have these personal experiences, um, and and not like I said, I call them visitations because I think that there is some kind of uh, physical entity that can come and and visit. But so I was reading, this is, this is a book I've had for years. It's called How to Talk to an Alien by Nancy Dutra. Um, but it says, um, people who got telepathic communications from ETs will often refer to them as downloads or are prompted to record them as channeled writing. Aliens are adept at manipulating the human brain in a number of ways besides telepathic communication. Um, so what bothers me is that, you know, with with a lot of these people who've had visitations, um, it's very unclear when they wake up, they don't really understand what's happened. Um, if they were conscious and awake the whole time, they then question their sanity um, and and like I said before, you know, when 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 you have an experience and you have a partner in your bedroom and you're looking at something or thinking that you're looking at something and the other person can't see, that was always a, a part of me that um, caused so much confusion. And it can actually fracture your 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 mind uh, to some level because, you know, when you when you think about um, a physical experience that means that you can hear it, taste it, touch it, see it, smell it, whatever, right? And if you have a a, a person sitting next to you in bed and they can't see, touch, hear, smell that. So these are experiences. Are, are the aliens actually turning one of us off or activating somebody's brain and deactivating the other so that they can have their their little interlude or what and that that's that's always part of the problem um with communication you know because the whole point of having another uh civilization communicate with you and um have any kind of contact 
is so that you can learn about them, that you can learn something from them or they can learn from us. And there's there's got to be um, something like that at, at the very bones of this topic. Um, and if there's not, then what the hell's going on? Because, I mean, they could absolutely blow us to smithereens, I'm sure. But, you know, there's there's got to be some form of communication. And if it's coming down to just a few crazy people, um, then I don't think it would work out well. So I'm 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 really hoping that uh, we start getting that communicator button working for everybody so that we can all have our own personal experience. And um, that would be my that would be my dream right there. Sure. And okay, so, all right. And, and I want to set up a, another facet of this discussion, another perspective. So for so long, we existed as, uh, with an awareness, you know, because you're rewinding way back to H.G. Wells, okay, obviously, and, and, and even biblical times, mythological times, people were aware of something watching us. But the pretense always was, that these were visitors from some other place that were just taking a look at this odd civilization that they didn't know about previous until they discovered it. However, if the pretense is not that, and it is that they made us, that they put us here, that they created us, we are one big essential fish tank, that they're monitoring and taking a look at and our progress. What an incredible... We're, we're, we're just one big elaborate ant farm. What, what an incredible idea that these scientists from some other dimension, or even maybe they're just, it's recreational. They're college kids coming and checking out their little experiment. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like mm-hmm. we, Our egos are so big. We're so arrogant that we can't believe that we are just an ant farm, a really elaborate fish tank that they're checking out. They're coming in their vehicles to check out. Now, if you'd, let's say you flash forward thousands and thousands of years, advanced technology, heightened thoughts, um, and now we still have the tendency to want to have a fish tank, but it's not just going to be in our living rooms anymore. It's going to be in some other dimension, some outer space, some planet that we created. And now we want to monitor our experiment and check it out. Wow, look at all the stuff they're making. Look at what they do. Look at all the creatures that came out of the, our experiment. You know, we're, we're messing with their heads. We're trying this and that. Now, if that's our existence and you start with that pretense, you'll have a different perspective on what's happening now. And perhaps part of their failsafe is that we come from a place like, wow, we're the greatest beings ever, but these weird things keep looking at us. Why? How do they even know we're here? You know? Mm-hmm. So I'm just saying, like, perhaps, and it's obviously been out there. Do we look uh, like them? I don't know. Because who's that? Is there just one? Think about the infinite possibility. I know you have, but it's like the infinite, infinite possibilities of what's out there and how well, many different beings could be out there. <laughs> All right. So, you, you know, I'm raised Catholic. You're Italian. You were probably raised Catholic. Um but when it comes to um, the book of Genesis in the Bible, you know, you're looking at um, how the earth was created in, in, you know, six days and the seventh day God rested. Well, when it comes to um, the creation of man, um, there's a lot of different 
um, theories on that. You know, the men were the ones who wrote the Bible. Men are the ones who uh, edited the Bible. Men are the ones who pick and choose what applies um, for their benefit um, politically and, you know, just, you know, communally, I guess. But um, the, the thing that it said was... Um, we will make man in our image and then we will make woman in our image. So, you know, you, you, we're only getting a portion of, of an actual history and, um, with as descriptive and, uh, laborious as numbers are and all of these other portions of the Bible that mean absolutely nothing to me, but, um, when it comes down to that, the creation story does not explain who the creators were, what they looked like, how many creators there were, where, you know, and, and those are the questions that have always sat and, and made me ponder um, that part of it, because I am a spiritual being, being and I do want to know where we came from. So uh, I think that what you're, what you're saying is, yeah, we would I would love to see my maker and and see what they thought about what's going on on the planet right now. I really don't think that we're in a good stage of life. Uh, yeah, we have a lot of luxuries, but um, we're we're ruining a lot of things. Um, I, I sometimes wonder about the elites and uh, what's happening with um covid and these viruses and and is 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 the intention to get rid of most of the ants is it something that is um really um i, I wonder if they would be happy that we're trying to kill off half the planet are they coming because of that are they coming to check on us are they coming to see if there's anything that they can do to intervene There are those who say that this quiet town holds many secrets. Legend has it that beneath this very tower, a dark force had its eyes set on the children. We were told that what was going on there was for the benefit of humanity. What would you say to the people who say, well, all these children were kidnapped and murdered and you were a part of it. What would you tell them? You I tell did them? approve of it, but there was nothing I could do about it. They wanted a large number of programmed boys to be used for mind control operations. And there are others who say it's still happening to this day. I don't know, I for myself find it a little suspicious that all the evidence has been conveniently destroyed. Let's put it this way. 
if you're sitting there with 20 guns pointed at you, what are you gonna do? Whatever the hell they want! Watch Montauk Chronicles now for free on Tubi, Plex, Roku, and available for download on Amazon and Apple TV. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This series presents information based in part on theory and conjecture. The producer's purpose is to suggest some possible explanations, but not necessarily the only ones, to the mysteries we will examine. strategy thrown in there. Perhaps they put us in a situation to see if we will rise to the occasion to eradicate the problem. Or what? or just say, screw it and lay down some nukes and be done with it. Well, maybe they want to see what we would do. We, you know, humans don't realize we have the same tendencies. We mess with animals. We kidnap things. We we destroy the the lives and manipulate their genes. Creatures. Yeah, we do a lot mm -hmm. of horrible things, just like the aliens allegedly do to us when they abduct us. Wow, who are we mimicking? Think about it. The technologies we want to fly, we want to build computers. Oh boy, where did that come from? Right, you know, the inspiration had to right. come from somewhere. Yeah, we might be avatars and vessels. I mean, it, there's so many other possibilities, and that's the thing. If you can expand your mind and open to it, many of us are open to it, but I'm open to more of an elaborate strategic uh, experiment that we might be like, mm -hmm. okay, let's see what they're going to do. We're going to introduce a problem. Let's see if they can rise to the occasion and conquer it. This is the kind of thing we would do if we were godlike and were able to create a society. Trust. I mean, we would do it. We, we monitor ants that way to see what they're going to do. We monitor other creatures in artificial habitats to see what they're going to do. We're, we're continuing to mimic our creators. And I'm not doubting a spiritual protector. Mm -hmm. I think that exists. I think, I don't think that the universe is trying to destroy us or hurt us there. You know, they say yeah, that old saying that God works in mysterious ways. Well, that's mm -hmm. true. We, mm -hmm. we, because if you pay attention one way or another, it's leading you down the path or someone else down the path for betterment or something better. Destruction does happen, but is it for something better? And again, you have to open your mind Paving to the way for something right. better. Correct. Mm -hmm. um, wow, what a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. And we are, you know, like a lot of people believe we're at end times right now. I don't. Mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. think we're being tested for sure. 
But part of me, maybe a year or two ago, I, I felt things looked really bleak because I never thought that would happen. I was like, wow, I've been hearing about this for years and it happened almost exactly like Al Bielik told me it would happen. And I was sitting with him in 06 in his backyard in Fort Myers, Florida. And he told me that all of this was going to happen and I didn't believe him. And just about everything Al said happened. Now, I don't know how he knew. I don't know if he was looking at science fiction. He truly believed they were prophets because they are. You know? Yeah, but Al Bielik said that he was given information also, um, you know, through, was it remote viewing? Yeah, I mean, but remote viewing exists, you know. I You've mm -hmm. had experience with it. Mm -hmm. I have too. Mm -hmm. You know, I sat with remote viewer number one and did an experiment with him. I mean, I... And it's a real thing. Why would the CIA and the governments of the world experiment with these things if they weren't real? You know, mm -hmm. they're just kept from us, and that's why it's for entertainment purposes only. That's why it's encouraged in a lot of film and and story to keep it in that realm. But now it's spilling over, mm -hmm. and I wonder what kind of war is happening right now. And we're going to see. We're going to, you know, this year is a very important turning point. Do you believe that? I do. I, I do believe something is, is brewing that we're going to be really, really shaken up about. Um, you know, my mom and I were talking this past week about um, the lack of experiences that we've had lately. Um, you know, my, my nights are usually pretty entertaining. <laughs> they have been for years. But over the past... Um, probably six months or so, I haven't had a whole lot of experiences. And um, my mom and I were, were discussing that the other night. She said, I feel like I've been switched off. And, and I really do believe that that might be it. We've got to switch, I think. Um, the, now, why would they switch us off at such an important, you know, time? Um, is it to to keep the the people who have experienced or legitimate experiment experiences with um, extraterrestrial intelligences or other dimensional intelligences? Is it is it to keep us from playing in on this conversation? I don't know. I, I you know I have you I heard have of to... anybody else having that experience saying in that they've been their... turned off? In terms of their perception being turned uh -huh. off? Yeah, like their psychic nature, their right. visions at night. So I have very vivid dreams. I can't wait to fall asleep these days because it's I'm entering some other world and I am going to start a, a dream diary. But outside of that, I my psychic um, perceptions and experiences are kind of normal. You know, I'll, I'll hear something before someone says it. I'll have some kind of premonition. Outside of that, I'm deciphering things just based off of observation, because I think we should step back from just about everything right now, because you don't know what is being thrust in front of you to influence you or not. I mean, even that term that's been shoved at everybody in the last few years, influencers, why did, that's not by mistake. You know, they're putting these morons out there to influence you. <laughs> so you got to be really careful. And I think stand your ground. And I think open yourself back to being turned on psychically. Um, step away from things. Move away from any kind of influencers, any kind of 
mass influence. If you see something getting a hundred million hits and everyone's that's what I about, yes, stay I've away been a, from it. I yeah. have too. Yeah, stay away from it. It's it's being done on purpose and it's meant to influence you to behave probably not in a good way. You know, because what they want to do is divide us, keep us arguing, keep us stupid, keep us asleep. Watch They Live. It's all there. You know, it's all there in John Carpenter's movie, um, what they're doing to us and who they are. Even if they were just simply human, it's still as nefarious as it as it could be. You know, what do you think in general why it's happening? Why are we being turned off? It may be part of the political agenda so that we do not gain any form of um, elevated consciousness. Maybe we're too much of a threat if we have access to a higher knowledge. Right. And they've always thought that way. But there's got to be, okay. But it, if you could think on your own, you can be considered a threat. If you, if you don't have a mind of your own and you listen to all the bullshit and you get all crazy and worked up every time you turn the, the internet on and you get onto all of those social media platforms, which brainwash you into buying the, the next hot medicine or the next hot, um, lipstick or pills or whatever. They, they really want us dumbed down. If you've noticed Every damn commercial is a drug commercial. And and there's a reason. They're trying to get you hooked on pharmaceuticals. They're trying to get you um, to not be able to, to function properly, completely. And um, it's just, it's actually just a scary time. It's very scary. The propaganda is awful right now probably more so than any other time because it's so in your face it's so you're getting bombarded with it 24 hours a day as soon as you turn that phone on or the computer that's what they're doing they are dumbing us down getting us fearful of one one thing or another and it's a control tactic so if you can't think on your own and you can't formulate your own um, agenda to protect yourself and your family and keep everything going. And that that's, that's where we're going to fail and we're going to fail as a society. And, um, so I, I believe it's control tactic. And I do think that our government is majorly involved. They do not want us to be able to, um, tap into our higher consciousness or universal mind, because then we would have a faith that is stronger than any political force could be. And the, the visitations, the communications, the interactions that we have with um, a more intelligent being than human, if we have a direct connection, then we can't, get, we can't be con controlled. Our brains can't be controlled that way. And that's true. And see, I think the solution could be, even though it takes some work, any kind of strengthening takes work and concentration. Any yeah, kind of Faraday hats, Faraday clothes, Faraday blanket over top of your house. <laughs> how about how about diving back into more 
pure wells. In other words, okay, so I use that term a lot. Um, go back, read, read books from previous decades. Okay, go back and watch movies from previous decades to stimu stimulate your mind. Um, ingest historical uh, records from previous decades, you'll start to see your mind and feelings improve because right mm -hmm. now there's a heavy influence. So if you are listening to any of these morons, they're parading in front of you, your mind is turning into melted butter. It's yeah, not working. Smush. Yeah. And so don't reject everything they keep throwing at you. Turn a blind eye to it. And, and I would also say, and here's the issue too, is that I, I see people... And again, we all indulge in the world of the supernatural and ideas of them being real, but there are much more elaborate and stimulating tomes, recordings, ideas. And I would say saturate yourself with those instead of a lot of the modern ones, because sometimes I hear people telling stories on a lot of these podcasts and live streams, and they're just so lazy and unbelievable. Like, there's, look, I've been through some extraordinary things in my life. So have you, and I'm not, I don't just mean supernatural. So when something real happens, there's so much detail to it. There's, you never forget a moment that occurs. And sometimes for people so nonchalantly saying that they're like, you know, having hand-to-hand -hand combat with a werewolf, <laughs> I, I'm not scoffing at the idea of a <laughs> werewolf. I mean, I've been believed in werewolves since I was a little kid. And then, you know, as I got older, I was like, well, good thing those things aren't real. But then, <laughs> but I, now, I, now <laughs> they're having sightings all over. All so over. I don't know what to say. However, maybe there, there really is something that um, inspired these stories, even going way back across the pond and those ancient stories in England and, and France and all these other things that have happened throughout history that lend to these ideas and that perhaps not everyone is lying about it, but I do believe some people are telling a little fib, you know? What was your, <laughs> what was your favorite dog man, uh, movie, werewolf movie? Oh, uh, American werewolf in London. Loved John, it. John Landis. Yeah. Because it's just such a fantastic riff on classic universal monster movies that John Landis, you know, was a genius and still is. And, um, he put he put the perfect blend of emotion because there's some really sad moments in that movie. Yet it mm -hmm. was comedic at times too, like life yes. is. You know, it was like life. Yeah, and you know the idea of the backpackers through Europe and they have no plans, no goals. They just toss their little asses into into you know another country. Just you know, it, it's the old 1970s backpacking across Europe or backpacking across the States. I don't know if that'll ever happen again. Um, but especially for me after watching that movie, how's that? <laughs> yeah. Well, see, that's the thing. That's, you know, everything was authentic. The actors were strong. You know, they came from a generation where they really studied deep into acting, whether it be uh, Lee Straussberg or Sanford Meisner, you know, I took all those courses in acting. So I understand like that generation was strong. That 70s, late 60s, 1970s actors are very strong. There's a lot of them today too, that still look deep into it. And then there, they have these puppets they bring in front of you in movies that can't emote, can't translate. It becomes a very goofy. And so I feel the same way about storytelling. If you're going to tell me that you fought a cabbage person to the death, you better have a good story. And you, you better, better make have, some sauerkraut. 
Yeah, like I, I want sauerkraut from that. Yes, I've heard some great stories. I mean, like Dave Spinks, you know, we both know him. He told a fantastic story of his youth and encountering a Bigfoot. Uh, I believe it was with his grandfather and they were fishing. Great story. And yeah. I believe Dave, you know, I really do. Um, I do. Well, he was, you know, retired police department. He's been investigating paranormal for well into 30 years, I believe. Uh, yeah, he's the kind of person that is one of those professional witnesses. You know, he's he's got a way of of doing his interviews um, with people that is very strategic and and uh, well planned out. It's something that he's done for years. And, you know, when you have somebody like him taking accounts instead of just Joe Schmo, who's um, just found podcasting and thinks it's fun, cool, you know, you, you can um, hear his side of what should be around if there was an attack. You know, he, he would be looking for scruff marks, fur, blood. You know, there's there's things that that you would look for as a detective or a police officer to show that there was an event that occurred, you know. And, and when you have people that are very, very good witnesses like that coming forward and sharing stories. OK, so I guarantee you that if Dave Spinks said that he was on a boat with his grandfather fishing when he was younger and they encountered a Bigfoot, I'm going to probably believe him. Because I don't see him as um, a big bullshitter. But there are people out there, and we have to keep that um, sense of awe and wonder um, right there, front and center. But you have to have a heavy dose of skepticism. Um, and I, I mean, I have heard tons of stories from from witnesses about um big hairy beasts. And one of the funny things is that there was a um, an expedition that Brent went on in 2000, I want to say 14. And, uh, you know, they're looking for big hairy man. But what he saw was a, a portal that opened up, essentially. It was a little it, infinitesimally small light that zonked out to like the size of a, a basketball and then it went in again and then it got bigger again it was the size of a beach ball and then it went in again and then it burst out to like a 20 foot round um sphere that you can sort of see through and then it went back and it popped into just that little bitty teeny tiny white bright light and then just vanished. So when I when I listen to people like that, when I hear a story like that, um, if I had heard it from somebody who was a unknown drug addict or a known alcoholic or a known um, liar, just a flat out everything he says comes out of his mouth is lie. Okay, I get that. But when somebody is is level-headed, doesn't do drugs, doesn't have any um a, a, any um incapacities at all, um then I have to believe what they said they experienced. Because if we if we keep ignoring the experiencer of the phenomenon, then we're not going to get anywhere. So healthy dose of skepticism. 
is key. Sure, it's important. And ask a lot of questions because the more you probe, just for details, and I don't mean, I don't like putting people on the hot seat. I like listening to their stories. When you have a lot of details, and again, I'm, I love, as we all do, fiction. Fiction is wonderful. Fiction has moved the world, changed the world. But when your real story is not half as good as the worst fiction, I have an issue. You know, it's either work on your storytelling skills or um, bring me some facts, some dates, some places, the way the mm-hmm. air felt, mm-hmm. everything. Because, you know, if you're just coming out right and you've got a shtick and you look like you're wearing a costume, you look like, you know, Crocodile Dundee and you fought 18 werewolves, come on. On you got to put your foot down on some of this stuff. Are are any of those Bigfoot or um, a Wolfman uh, experiences were any of them video videoed, filmed? Um, no. And oh, here's the thing, dang. you know that I really sucks. So. I've seen some <laughs> video as of late, and again, you know, I've worked on all kinds of post special effects so when someone's faking something it's really easy for me to see that they're faking well it. of course and that's yeah. why we need people who can uh you know take a look at a video and see where the problems lie i mean i'm sure that very few people actually are very skilled at um cgi on regular videos that you make at home so I, I i do feel that somebody of your capacity can look at those things and be like pass pass yeah you know and I, I yeah my audience knows and you know that i believe that we are living in this kind of supernatural world that has been undefined we have a lot of speculation mm-hmm. as to what it could be but i also have issues that people that declare they know exactly what it is because you certainly don't especially if you're referring to tomes that were written years ago by people that you don't know, perhaps they was that was there on purpose to manipulate you into thinking that's what this is. Because unless you've witnessed this yourself, okay, or you have evidence or both, you've got to be very cautious with everything you're reading, whether it be ancient or modern. And um, that's why I don't assert that I know what's happening. I can only speculate and can only talk with people like we are right now. Um, but I believe the waters can get quite muddied when you allow, because obviously, okay, in a lot of cases, and as as many people know, the supernatural right now is quite a racket. You know, it's, it's online. There are a lot of people banking on it. They're making money off of it constantly. And we all try to make money for a living. I mean, I make movies and documentaries, so I'm trying to create this really interesting vessel that'll last a long time. I mean, it's 10 years later and more people are watching Montauk Chronicles than ever, you know? So it's it's something that I'm creating as art that's the vessel for, yes, information, but at the same time, it's to express an idea of our mysterious world. It's something I've been interested in since I was a child and the internet didn't exist, you know? So, yeah, so it's it, that's all our interest. Even Jeffrey Meldrum, it's like he was a kid that was fascinated by these things, and then later it became an interest of science with him, but... And I'm not saying people shouldn't make money off of their supernatural stories, but when it's a racket and they've got to keep that racket going, mind you, they've got to keep filling in for that next episode. They've got to tell you more stories. Otherwise, they're not going to get that cash. So, uh, and if you enjoy it, that's fine. But if we're talking about something that's real, there are so many credible uh, storytellers out there that have experienced things that I think if we just focus on that, 
and push a little harder because you know the population is so vast that I don't think any one person, if there were thousands of storytellers, let's say just online, you will never run out of so-called witnesses, but you've got to work a little harder to find people that have stronger stories and eyewitness accounts. There's so many people out there that have experienced these things um, that I would not settle for someone who is just, yeah, on, you know, yeah. <laughs> some of these stories no, I mean, are rough. There's, <laughs> there's been a lot of pictures <clears throat> sent to me throughout the years, um, especially when it comes to, um, you know, lights in the rooms, or I've even had pictures of, of Bigfoot sent to me. And I, I honestly, I can't see them. It's like blob squatches in the woods. And I just, I can't wrap my mind around um, some of the pictures that I see because uh, either A, there's nothing there, or B, it's so grainy that you couldn't see anything anyway. So um, when it comes to um, video and cameras, everybody has access to a video and a camera these days. It's so easy to um, set up game cameras or set up um, ring doorbells, uh, cameras in your home. If you're having activity, all I can say is try to document. And if it's a one-time deal, be glad because if it happens all the time, you're going to you're going to have a lot of sleepless nights. But um, yeah, I think, I think it is going to come down to, um, it's going to be down to uh, a very small few people who can really dig through all of the BS and toss out the crap and, and just come forward with the legitimate stuff. It's, it's going to be so hard. People, we have so much um, technology now in the palm of our hand to filter, create, um, and and it's it's going to be even more difficult as we go on, unfortunately. And, and everybody wants to be famous. Everybody wants to be famous. So they're always going to be trying, like you said try to make the next big thing, the next big movie and the next big hoax. And, and it's, I mean, that's, it is fun for them to do. So. Right. But I believe the pendulum is going to swing in the other direction. And I think our standards are going to raise again and where it, where it was before. Cause I want to go forward. I don't, you know, sometimes I want to, I'd like to visit the eighties and just chill for a while. And be <laughs> like, All right. Oh my God. What a relief. But <laughs> You know, but at the same time, I want to make forward better what's coming forward. And I believe it will be because usually if you look at history where there was this like intense time, this chaotic time, it happened like the late 60s and early, very early 70s were crazy. And then mm -hmm. all of a sudden everybody just wanted to party, like leave mm -hmm. us alone. No more, please. And yeah. that's what ended up happening. You know, things got really serious and dark. Mm -hmm. And I think that will happen again. I trust it will. It's either that or we're like Orwell's 1984 with a bunch of zombies that repeat everything some scum politician says to you. That yeah. might be what happens, unfortunately. I won't, I won't allow it. I don't want to live in a world like that. Okay, then uh, we probably need to go and buy an island <laughs> 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 because I don't want to deal with it either. <laughs> Are there werewolves on that island? Um, We'll see if Brent can wrangle up a few. <laughs>
yeah my my werewolves are just gonna chill on the beach and uh, hang and have good conversations with us Ooh, so my daughter's brought up a good good question today so i was taking them to school and my daughter lily said i said lily what's your favorite animal and she goes a dire wolf and I said, yeah, rock on. That's awesome. But <laughs> what if, what if there still is some kind of weird dire wolf roaming North America? Wouldn't that be awesome? <laughs> it's possible. I see. Here's the th- here's could the it, funny Could the thing. dog man be a dire wolf? <laughs> here's the paradox. I'm not saying I don't believe in a dog man and I don't believe in some kind of ability to shape shift, you mm-hmm. know? I mean it goes into many different types of folklore of throughout human yeah. history. So I'm not saying I don't believe. What I'm saying is even though those things might be real, there are still liars and you need to be careful. <laughs> yes. There's people of banking course. on that stuff. Yeah. So um and again, there's so many more interesting stories out there. And and that's why when some people say well, like you know, you mentioned that there's a Bigfoot out there or some other odd type creature that we have yet to really discover. All you have to do is look at what we already have. I mean, there are worms in caves in South America that are in infinitely more elaborate and that if didn't exist, I explained to you, you'd be like, they don't exist. And I'd be like, no, they do. Actually, we have samples of them. So it's not that far-fetched to believe the, that there could be a, a Bigfoot out there, but then it gets into that. And I, I just wanted to talk about this before we go into the last section. So people are saying that these creatures, as some people call cryptids, um, are interdimensional. That That's why we haven't been able to photograph them. That's why we haven't been, even though we have, that's why we're not able to get a sample. Um, I can tell you why I think no one's getting a sample. Uh, because I don't think enough of an effort is being made. There's no real true expedition happening. You can't Everyone, you can't just yeah. suddenly pop up and expect a Bigfoot to pop up beside you so that you can take a picture. It doesn't work that way. You know, I, if it is a flesh and blood creature, I'm sure it does have, um, you know, habitat range. Um, I really don't think that one area could could support more than one Bigfoot for very long because there's just too many people these days. Now, if you're out in, um, say, Wyoming or Sierra, I don't know, wherever, there there may be a larger habitat with less humans. But I think they try to stay steer clear away from us. You know, we, we our habitat and their habitat are not the same. So I think that it's very difficult. And one of the things that, um, you know, a lot of Bigfoot researchers like to bring up is that many people who go out and hunt for Bigfoot, they don't go far off trail. If there is not a trail in the woods, they're not going to go. It's too difficult to get into most of these areas. So and typically any hiker is not going to go a mile off trail. So where do you think these guys are going to be? Do you think they're going to be walking down our trails to run into us? Or do you think that they're going to be further out in the woods and in in the wilderness uh, and stay away from those trails for the most part? If that is an, if it's an animalistic creature, it would be smart enough. How many coyotes have you seen walking down a path on, on your hikes? 
I haven't. I've I've heard them leaving the den. Okay. Heard them okay. screaming and leaving the den in northern Michigan. And okay. I have a little documentary coming out soon that actually shows that moment. Okay. But, well, we know um, that there's coyotes everywhere, but you right. don't see them often. Now, you can hear them and you can know that they're here. But for the most part, I don't see them. So, and I know that they're all over the place. Um, so that's, you know, sort of the predator's instinct is to stay away from humans because we're bad. We kill them. We shoot them. We chase them off. We, you know, they're, they're not stupid animals. This thing has to be at least as intelligent as a human to be able to stay away from us and keep hidden. I agree. And also, you know, if you want to say you're you're going to run some kind of expedition to prove whether this thing's coming out of a portal or not, I would say consider first that it's an elusive, co- conscious creature, much more intelligent than a deer, okay? Of course. And deer are even hard to find for seasoned hunters sometimes. So, you just need to come to my backyard. I had 13 of them <laughs> staring at me yesterday. Oh, I've seen them too. In in hunting season, when they're searching for a buck, I know hunters that have gone out and be like, I haven't found anything. (laughs) But so imagine, and I know you have this elusive hominid that purposefully controls its population, that's aware of us, that might even be as intelligent as we are, is staying away. Yeah, but, you know, large predators also, they have limited uh, numbers in their, their, um, I mean, typically, I could only imagine that they would have one. Can you imagine having triplets as a Bigfoot? I really don't think it's going to happen. But, um, you know, you they would have to be aware how to keep their population down so that they don't cause any commotion and get into trouble. Sure, sure. And they might have a, a, a long lifespan as well, too. So, um but I know, I believe they exist. I mean, there's people all around the world and throughout human history that have seen them. And if we look at, you know, fossil records of things that are very similar, it exists. Right. Obviously, there's something out there, right? Well, I mean, you have thousands upon thousands of eyewitnesses and in any court of law that would stand up. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of people who are going to be like, oh, this is all bullshit. I have... My dad, who says it's all bullshit, it's all bullshit. He's been a hunter his whole life. But I don't know if that's the case. I don't think it's all bullshit. I keep going to these conferences. I keep hearing the stories. I I just, I do like, I like it. I like the idea. Um, And I think that we will get our answer at some point. But are we going to get the alien answer first? No, well, we've got to avoid the guy that goes to a conference and says, I saw Bigfoot driving a Cadillac in the middle of the woods with two cabbage people in the back seat. You know, like that's where we need to, you just be like, enough. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. Cabbage people. That's it. I'm making sauerkraut for dinner. (laughs) So on that note, all right. So on our way out today, I really appreciate you doing this today and uh, having this conversation. And I think it's something that's on the audience's mind as well. And so where do you think, honestly, you know, if you keep an open mind to something positive, what could you imagine where we're going next or what would you hope for? All I can hope for is is clarity. Um, I'm, I'm sick of the lies. I'm sick of the, um, the bullshit that is um, 
been placed upon our shoulders over the past few years. Um, I just want, I would like an answer on whether or not they're here, whether they really are visiting, whether our, our political systems um, have any kind of real contact with them. Um, and I, I just, like I said before, I would love to have that confirmation just so that I can go give, flip people the double bird and, and be like, yeah, I told you so. Um, but what I, I, the, the biggest part of that story in itself is, my God, are they going to talk to the experiencers, the people who have, who have had these visitations for the past 30, 40, 50 years? Are they going to talk to them or do they already know what's really going on and really don't give a crap what our perspective is or whether we want to know? But I, I really would like to see some kind of um, information legitimate information that's passed down, but I just don't know if we're going to get it. I'm not very, I'm hopeful, but I'm just not very um, confident. How's that? Welcome back to Off to the Witch. I'm your host, Christopher Garitano, and I want to thank you for joining the conversation tonight. William Shakespeare wrote in Hamlet a great and truthful verse. There are more things in heaven and earth, Horatio, than are dreamt in your philosophy. It refers to the confidence asserted by Hamlet to the gravedigger that anyone who claims to have finite knowledge of our existence is for certain a fool. Until next time. Pictures Podcast.